Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a law. Hey gang, you should be able to hear us okay. Let me know how the audio levels sound, and we'll uh, get started right away with the, with the pre-Thanksgiving Q&A. Mm-hmm. Booyah. <laughs> a veritable smorgasbord of show for you. That's right. It's a show that wouldn't have existed if it weren't for the fact that I needed to get out of the house for a little while. <laughs> and Joel reminded was like we're, we're like I'm free to do a show I'm like okay then it's it's funny I, I had a moment too where I'm like huh wonder what's keeping Sal up today because obviously Canada we've already had, had our Thanksgiving yeah I totally forgot I'm like oh fuck it's it's a major holiday where he is That's yeah why. no it's it's an all consuming holiday I basically like when you IM'd me I was in the um was in the Walmart buying mm. brine uh, ingredients for the turkey brine that I'm putting together. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I am in the middle of insanity right now. Although it was like, I don't know, two, maybe? maybe? No, it was like one. Uh, so I was, it was, it was actually not nearly as bad as it was about to become. Mm, no, I've been there. Yeah. What, uh, how are you doing the turkey this year? Are you deep frying or are you baking? I know you do a little of both. Deep frying. Nice. Yep. We do two Thanksgivings, so, and both of them will be fried. I have never had a deep fried turkey. I have always wanted it, and I've always been afraid to do it because I always see, like, the America's Funniest Home video of the dude who burnt down his entire house trying to deep fry turkey. There's one, uh, it's funny. I hear about it every year. Everyone's like, oh, every year, every year, like, and firefighters talk about it, like, every year. Hundreds of people. We every the only the single greatest call we get is when everybody's <laughs> deep frying their turkey, and I'm like, is it really like are people that dumb? Like apparently, I get, I get the prep. Like you know, like when we started, we we cut corners and we made mistakes because it was like me and friends doing it as teenagers, mm. like as like early teenagers. So like yeah, uh, are we gonna be are we gonna be like oh we can live forever safety precautions <laughs> damn yeah but we weren't like deep frying the turkey in the garage or yeah. in the kitchen or in anywhere that could be flammable we're like we're dealing with an open flame obviously you got to make this outside like if it spills over it's all deep it's all oh, it's a uh, it's peanut oil it's gonna catch fire it's gonna be a grease yeah. fire you, you, and I went to si- I had science class where they were like watch yeah. this like look at this grease fire and. You know, they showed you, like, watch what happens when I add water to this grease fire. And, like, it just got worse and worse. And he's like, you have to use a towel. And I'm like, huh. Like, that's a lesson that never went away. And it's a lesson mm-hmm. that I was like, I assume everybody had to take this lesson. But no. You would think. But, uh, yeah. So it's like, but we made mistakes. Like, we used, um, not mistakes, but, like, you know, dangerous uh, 
corner cuts decisions. Yeah, cor- that's what that's what I was, that's what I was looking for. Um, you know, like uh, we used like a, a coat hanger to like lower the turkey into the into the oil. Oh, um, which like is I've seen it done. It's so stupid because like <laughs> you got to be like okay, and then I drop it in the oil at the same time. I have to unhook the coat hanger and not get any oil on my hands. Like it's just really stupid. Like just don't do it. Um, no, instead we lower it like a um, like a medieval torture device between like a, a ladder between an A-frame ladder using like a pole. Um, mm. That reminds me, I might need to get some kind of like cord. Hmm. Mm. Apparently the biggest problem I always hear about is people who just like put their whole turkey in uh, like frozen. They don't bother to thaw it. They're like, yeah, the oil will take care of that. No, that's the dumbest thing you can do because it'll just explode. Like it'll just. Yeah. yeah, No, it's like, don't do that. (laughs) Please do. If you take nothing away and Elseworlds PSA, (laughs) make sure your turkey is dry and thaw before you put it in the fryer. If you do nothing else, that will save your house. Mm hmm. Um, all right, I guess we can start the show. There we go. Hey, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Uh, Joel, of course, being Canadian, had his Thanksgiving already, but uh, I'm getting reared and ready to go. Uh, I've just been talking pre-show about the, the dangers and pitfalls of deep-frying your turkey, which, of course, I like to do every year. Uh, there's a lot of effort that goes into it, uh, and all that effort is being done right now by Tiffany, but uh, I'll be joining her in a little while, but we figured, figured we'd do a little, like, holiday, hey everybody, what's going on, Q&A slash uh, illustration of what we're thankful for here uh, at the Elseworlds Exchange and via uh, proxy our own channels. Uh, what yeah. are we thankful for here uh, here in our world right now? So, uh, we'll be taking questions via the Super Chats, uh, because of course, Super Chats keep the, this this whole thing spinning, and uh, we'll also be talking about things that like matter to us and things that we're thankful for as a result of the holiday. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll kick things off. Joel, uh, what are some of the things you're thankful for in terms of uh, your career, in terms of your life, mm. uh, this year specifically? Not like, I'm thankful for my parents for giving birth to me. Like, no, right. we get that. You're alive. We know you're <laughs> thankful for that. But like, they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job. But uh, but what do you? Uh, yeah, what do you? What do you? What do you? This year. Well, you know, this was a year of a lot of personal growth on my end. So, you know, it's a hard one to answer. Uh, Lost a fair amount of uh, weight this year. That was a good personal goal, something we even talked about on this show. I'm happy to say that I'm like six pounds away from my goal weight that I picked when I started. And I've lost almost 30 pounds after doing the keto thing. So that feels good. Thank you. That's fantastic. It's feeling. I don't think you really noticed the change on camera like I was hoping to, but hey, my clothes fit better now, and that's, I'm down a whole shirt size, and that's all day, that matters. That's the most like important thing. Um, yeah. By the way, Artie Pavla saying happy birthday to Tiffany again. That's right. Yesterday, uh, as of the recording of this episode, was Tiffany's birthday, uh, November twentieth, yeah. and uh, a lot of people showed a lot of love for uh, her and gave her a lot of great Thanksgiving uh, uh, happy birthday messages via Twitter. Uh, we also post something on the Instagram over at Instagram.com slash ComicPopOfficial. Um, but yeah, it's Tiffany's birthday yesterday, and we had a great time. We played video yeah. games and went out to dinner, and uh, before that, we had a nice little birthday party for her. It was really fun. It was a nice experience, and uh, we got to make one of our favorite things in the world is like a black and white cookie from a specific <sighs> in the area. And uh, we, uh, I, I, I requested that they make a giant one. Mm. Normally they're about the, like the, this, about this big, about the size of a softball. I was like, "Can you make like a like a cookie cake sized 
black and white cookie, but just not messing with it. Just make a black and white cookie, but gigantic. And they're like, yes. <laughs> so they made a 10 inch one and, uh, you know, stuck a candle in there and worked out great. Nice. I had a black and white cookie when we were in Philadelphia and it was kick ass. Right. They're pretty great. They're, they're very different. They're not the same kind of dough or or batter or whatever you would make a cookie out of than a regular yeah. cookie, than a conventional cookie. Jerry Seinfeld really had it right. We should look to the cookie. The cookie will show us the way to the future. Yes. Although I was watching an interview with Seinfeld not too long ago, and he was saying apparently he hates them. Really? He hates black and white cookies. Uh, it could be because people keep giving them to him, but it was like, mm. it could be because he thinks it's funny that he sold it so much in the show, but then in real life it'd be funny to say I hate them. But in either, in either case, apparently he's not a big fan. Well, uh, which he and I have that in common. We're not. I'm not a huge black and white cookie fan. I appreciate them and they're hallmarks of my like neighborhood. Mm. But I'm not. I'm not a big big fan of them. Although in a pinch, like if I'm desperately hungry, they're they're. I am addicted to them. It's funny. It's the, very like weird. The, they're special to me because they're not here in Canada, so you have to actually go on a pilgrimage to somewhere else to get one. Right, exactly. Like you got to go to Philadelphia, USA, to get one. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Artie, by the way, also said we are thankful for Comic Pop. Well, thank you very much, man. We, we here at Comic Pop are very, very thankful for all of you. You specifically, Artie, but also everyone here in the chat and everybody here who subscribes or watches. We are so thankful to have everybody here uh, keeping this thing alive and, and watching our shows and giving us your feedback. Um, Pricey Eddie 40 uh, quick question. Got my mom to read her first comic, which was oh. Watchmen. Nice. If I wanted to get her into Marvel, what would you guys recommend? I'm thinking Marvels. What do you think? Hmm. Go for it, Joel. What do you think? Oh, I was waiting for I was going to say, yeah, Marvels, that sounds like a pretty decent place to start. It's very much in the same vein. Yeah, it's similar. Uh, I find Marvels to be... Uh, it's not quite the same thing. It's not quite the same thing as even Kingdom Come. No, uh, it's true. But it, it's it's a... It's good for the mainstream. I think it's... I'm surprised it's not, like, available in a beautiful hardcover every year because, like, it's yeah. a great way to, like, look at the, the whole, like, history of the Marvel Universe. But uh, Marvel's... You know what's funny? I uh, I got Tiffany into Marvel. Her first exposure to Marvel was 1602. I was literally going to say, how does your mom feel about uh, historical dramas? Because that's another nice condensed one. Yeah, 1602. I recommend that. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Um, but yeah, check it out. That's a very strong one. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Little, any plans to visit Oregon or Washington for cons? Emeralds or Rose City in 2019? If, if we're invited. Yeah. If I can go for free. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very expensive. I'd love to go. My buddy used to uh, make video games in Oregon, Eugene, and uh, he flew me out uh, the two times that I was in Eugene, and uh, those are the only ways that I can afford to go out there. Um, Washington, we went there, obviously, as the weekly poll. We had a great time. Um, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, we were both provided uh, lodging and accommodations, so that was... Uh, that was a big key factor. I know I'm kind of like a, a mooch when it comes to that kind of thing, but it's just mm. the nature of the beast. Yeah, I, everything that we make, it helps. In, everything that we make goes into the in, into the studio, into the into the production, into our taxes, and so yep. as a result, you know, it's like it's a it's an expense. Uh, plus, we don't really make any money off of the cons. No, so no, we don't. It's it's really just like. It, and by the way, like it's I'm so I love cons. I love going. Um, I don't get tired of them. I love going to all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I would if I could. Like if I could really afford it, I would definitely be able to do like contours. Um, like we'd go all the time. We'd have like yeah, and everything. That'd be great. But uh, we just don't make enough money. We don't have enough merch that like could travel. Yeah, so true. 
I, I have this one piece of merch I got for London this year that I ended up not being able to sell because it all came late because Public got bought by Redbubble. Oh, my, did they really? Yes, they did. Redbubble oh, now owns Public. Jesus, what a disaster. Um, we also got some two bucks from somebody. Thank you very much, man. Hey. Uh, but, oh, to answer your question, uh, Kevin, I'd like to. The spirit is willing, but the wallet is... Uh, is, is lacking but uh Same. especially the, when you're canadian and it costs twice as much for international flights yeah, for joel it's even harder for me it's like you know it, it depends if the show could provide some kind of transportation or lodging one or the other i could afford one or the other exactly um so that, and, and hey you know you you, you fans can help out too by campaigning for us on our behalf. We can't do it, but if you tell your local con, you demand the Elseworld experience to come to your town. Yeah, that that's more likely. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly cons will provide celebrities to go, and even though we're not, maybe we could sneak by anyway. Um, Jordan McConnell saying, uh, "Just wanted to say I'm thankful for the entire Compop family. Much love. Pass the sweet potatoes. Aw, uh, oh. yeah, man, sweet potatoes are the friggin' bomb." Um, Thank you so much for your kindness, and uh, I will extend your thanks to the rest of the team as well. Um, I'm thankful for that team, man. Uh, I'm so lucky that I made like really cool friends because without them, this channel is nothing. Like it's just me in a sea of pasty white guys looking deadly into the camera, going like, <laughs> "I read this book. I think it's okay. See you next week." You know, like yep. no, N nobody wants to see that. Uh, Danny Blackston TV, th happy Thanksgiving from a kid from Queens. Oh, is it Spider-Man? Uh, you beat me to it. <laughs> thanks for being awesome, guys. Thank you for being awesome, Danny Blackston TV. And uh, thank you very much for uh, saying hi from Queens. My dad's from Brooklyn, and uh, so I have a very like strong affinity for like the boroughs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, knowing where all those places were really helped me connect with Spider-Man in a big bad way. It was like, oh, Spider-Man. Like, kid from Queens, Forest Hills. I been there so i'm like oh any of these houses could be aunt may's house so <laughs> really made him real and that might, that might be why i like ghostbusters so much too because it's like everything in it is something you can point to and is real mm. except for the ghosts um but all the locations everything it made it it made it grounded especially because i lived in new york city's shadow the entire my entire life i guess plus my family is from there like my grandma mm. lived in brooklyn until like the the twilight mm. years of her life and we'd go there pretty much every, like, one Saturday or one Sunday per month. We'd drive up to Brooklyn, which was, like, a pain in the ass, but I, I bet. didn't really notice that much. Back then, I didn't really have a, you know, there was no phone. So it's just it was just small talk, keeping the keeping the car ride alive. Mm-hmm. Woof. Um, in terms of uh, other things we're thankful for, I'm thankful that we get to do this every week. This show oh, yeah. is not only fun, but it's cathartic. People mm -hmm. seem to like it. And I'm so thankful that like it's stuck around for so long. What are we on, three <laughs> years now? Going there. So I, it's funny you should say that. I was actually trying to crunch the numbers and find our first episode so I could uh, contrast and compare. But yeah. Likewise, man, this is one of the most fun shows I do. I think you and I have cultivated quite the rapport over the three Certainly. years that's completely different than anything else we do. No, definitely. Uh, Elseworlds is a totally different animal from either of the shows on, or from either of our channels and the shows they're in. Um, and it's like, it's just, it's just, a, it's a great, an e it's an easy show to make. And that, that, that sounds like suspicious, but no, it's like, it's not that it's, 
crappy or that like <laughs> I'm I, we're, we're we're cutting corners or slacking. Bone it in. <laughs> it's just it's an easy show because it's so easy to just like dive in and get and get going. You know, it's true. And the fact that all this time later, we don't want to kill each other and we no. still want to show up and do the show. That's a rarity on the Internet. Most uh, things you like podcasts and shows. It's like, oh, they hated each other two years in. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I, I would never want to start a partnership like like where I'm like, there's no way it's ever going to work out or like that's going to be fun or, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell pretty much like very into a into a working relationship, like who you're going to want to deal with and who you're just going to be like, OK, I can. I'm going to have to move on from this because otherwise I'm going to strangle them. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, uh, just in terms of the Elseworlds exchange, um, this episode we're doing right now is the 151st episode. Oh, holy shit. So we've already crossed over the 150 mark. The 150th episode was the worst comic book events segment. Which, uh, wow. Which was a great episode, and I'm glad we did it, even though we didn't know it was a milestone. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We'll, we'll plan the next milestone a little better. Right? Yeah. Uh, the first episode of Elseworlds Exchange streamed on September 16th, 2015. Oh, wow. So, there you go. And that episode kind of came out of nowhere, too. We were just talking about Star Wars after an episode of the Weekly Pull had ended, and we're like, let's keep this going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Andy Colliver, uh, th- Happy Thanksgiving, just made apple and pumpkin pies. Hell yes. Wicked. Uh, I have a great respect for people who can make pie. Mm. Tiffany makes it, of course. Uh, she can make anything, really. But, uh, you know, for me, it's like I just enjoy consuming them, as you can tell. Uh, I really enjoy pie, particularly pumpkin. I will have apple, but only if there's, like, a strong vanilla bean type thing around. Uh, I Same. That I can pair with it. But uh, but I have a great affinity for pie. I, I think I like pie more than cake at this mm-hmm. point in my life. Uh, but I do uh, – I, I have a great respect for that. So congratulations to you, Andy, for being handy. Uh, Trenton Brown, uh, thoughts about Jeff Johns as a writer in general? Joel, why don't you feel this one? What do you, what do you think about Jeff Johns as a writer? I, I like a lot of Jeff Johns' work. I haven't read everything he's done, but usually when I read something by him, I like it. He has a lot of tropes and a lot of wells he goes back to. Uh, sometimes it can be annoying, sometimes not so much. Uh, I do think he genuinely has a love and exuberance for comics, and he definitely has a love for things that came before, even if sometimes he can get a little tunnel vision with the, Hell Jordan is the best Green Lantern ever. Ever, and Barry Allen's the best too. And don't dispute me. Yeah, <laughs> on that, because I will run the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just make it so that there's no way. Wh- where's Wally? Who? Wally who? You can't even point to any stories that have him in them because I've I've expunged them. <laughs> but, 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 nah, those don't exist. Yep. Uh, I like Jeff Johns as a writer. I think that he's very Hollywood. He has, a, which is, of course, explain, like, explained by the fact that he came from Hollywood. He has a very yeah. strong film background. He knows story structure. He knows how to spin a good yarn while also tugging at, like, emotional heartstrings, albeit he's, manufactured. He's good at that. Uh, but uh, he's 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 a technically great writer, and sometimes he can be brilliant, and other times he can be okay. He's very Spielberg in that regard, I think. Yeah, that um, that's very fair. The Spielberg of comics, I think he'd like that. I think. Oh, I know he'd like that. Uh, and I, but I think that the only reason why I'd say that is because some people might be like, "Oh, the Spielberg of comics, way to t- put Jeff Johns' dick straight down your throat." But like, the fact is, you know, Spielberg <laughs> really? hasn't done. A bazillion great things he's done. He's done a bazillion, but but there's been a few. What did you do that for? Or why did that 
turn out that way? Or what are you doing with this? The Terminal, mm. for example? Uh, Indiana Jones 4? Yeah. Just movies that got away from him or just didn't work out nearly as well as other things had. Um, Jeff Johns is the same thing. Uh, but both of them know how to tell the kind of story that the masses would enjoy. Yeah, most definitely. It's funny, too, you, you mentioned out the fact of him being a very Hollywood writer. Did you hear that Tom King is going to get to take a whole month off from Batman to go write a secret movie project? After seeing what he did this week, I hope he takes the rest of his life off. <laughs> Likewise, I, I, I just uh, – my video review is rendering right now. Jesus Christ, issue 59. Yeah, like, hey, Tom, like, I've got a really good idea for you. Do as well as you can. Take American Babylon. Take – Oh, no, Sheriff of Babylon? I'm sorry. Take Sheriff, Sheriff of Babylon. Yeah. Take any of your original projects and sell them to Hollywood and become an executive producer or a producer. Hell, try your hand at directing. Become a huge success and just go the fuck away from Please. Batman because you are not the guy. No. You're not the guy. Say what you will about my opinions about Scott Snyder as a writer. He didn't tarnish Batman. He was just doing his own thing. I didn't yeah. like that thing most of the time, but that doesn't mean he wasn't like telling interesting stories that were at the very least something I wanted to read necessarily. If I, if I didn't want to read it, I just didn't. It didn't ruin everything. <laughs> like this one seems to be doing. But uh, hey, you know, if people who don't like it, uh, what King has been doing recently on Batman, when Joshua Williamson, a writer who I felt is always underrated, is yep. going to be writing Batman for a little bit. Buy lots of copies of Joshua Williamson's Batman, everybody. Yeah. Uh, last time I, I remember Tom King's numbers were dwindling uh, to the way where it's like, you you heard it in our episode with Scott Snyder, like, as long as Batman stays above 100,000, you'll never be fired. And I think Batman was around 90,000. I don't yep. know how that is now, but like, hell, please just keep dropping because you got to stop, man. Uh, it, it Batman I don't like Batman's a big enough character he will survive a hun the the hundred oh issue threat that King has has issued but like <laughs> I don't know if like people's love of the character will I don't know if his current relevancy can survive this 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 nonsense I, I I will give him credit though to truly be able to craft maybe the most unlikable Batman in anything easily. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I hate this guy. But that's a, that's the thing. Like, I don't think he likes me either. I think his Batman is like, he's like, no, this guy is a child. He's an idiot. He's a he's mm -hmm. he's the worst of the worst. He's the 1%, but also the moral authority. Like, he's a person who has everything. He's a mm -hmm. person who can do anything. And he's also diminishing the, the, the achievements of people who have actually served. Like, yep. I think we got cops and soldiers and CIA operatives who have all done great things in service of this mm. country and the people. And then you got this one percenter who just comes out there and says, like, I'm going to issue my moral authority judgment on mm -hmm. you. And he thinks that, like, that's way better than just than, 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 than what I did and what I sacrificed. No, no, no. Batman is a child at play. The, the whole thing does exude uh, disdain. You're right. Yeah. It, well, it's like anytime Brian Azzarello writes about Batman, he's like, let's let's point and laugh at the idiot in the Long Johns. And it's like, mm -hmm. look, I get like uh, like everyone's Bill Maher. <laughs> Superheroes are for children. Like Batman is an interesting character who can be explored yeah. in really cool ways. And just because a hundred years old doesn't mean he's lost his value. And doesn't mean we need to absolutely. It doesn't mean we need to tear the whole damn thing down to the foundation and rebuild mm -hmm. it. 
perfect example, White Knight by Sean Gordon Murphy this year, which I thought was probably one of the best Batman deconstructions we've seen in a very long time. Still probably my favorite book of the year so far. That book had Batman be unlikable for a good chunk of it, but then comes full circle and walks it back at the end and actually has Batman grow and change as a character. And, well, I'm not going to spoil it because I want everyone to read it, but he does a thing with Batman at the end that you could never do in the main universe for what he did in that that's really yeah exactly and and that's but that's the thing even in the elseworlds world of dc you know like it's it, he's still taking they're still taking the batman character in new fun directions without ruining the integrity of the character mm-hmm. uh cj levin uh th- happy thanksgiving sal keep repping north jersey love what you're doing thank you cj uh yes you too man if you are from this area uh thank you very much uh, Joshua Wright, I'm thankful for you two. That's us. Aww. You're awesome. I couldn't possibly get you invited to Los Angeles. I could possibly get you invited to Los Angeles next October and offer a couch if I haven't moved to New York City by then. Well, uh, if we can get invited to L.A., uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe that's the, the old Stan Lee Kamikaze Con. Mm. Um, but uh, if that's the case, I'd love to go to that. I know I want to go to WonderCon. Um, you know, Likewise. That'd be amazing. Uh, if it doesn't work out, hell, I'll see you at New York Comic Con, dude. Wookie Drew, thanks for making my workday go faster. What's your favorite holiday food and least favorite? Um, you're very welcome, my friend. Thank you very much for allowing us to be a part of your workday. That's one of my favorite things, hearing about it, when people are like, ugh, mm-hmm. I, just, I just throw you guys on and listen to you on my way to work or my way from work, and it helps me decompress and de- like just get, just get over it. And that really means a lot. Warms the heart. It reminds me of like when I used to listen to podcasts when I had time. And I was like, I, I would, I, I felt like that kinship with the audience or with with the with the hosts. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. it was like these these cool people that I hung out with were just like in the car with me, being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got to tell you this story. Uh, yeah. When I was in London, I met our buddy who we met in Toronto, lead singer of the band there, Atreya. I got to meet his girlfriend there, nice. or maybe wife. I don't know. But uh, she said, like, hey, really nice to meet you. You know, love what you and Sal do. Although sometimes I hate what you guys do because he's playing you guys constantly 24-7. I'll be rolling over in bed. It's like, are you listening to another Elseworlds exchange? You've heard this one before. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's what I – if I ever encounter a person who's with their with their significant other and they're like, I love you. And then they're just like, yep. I'm like, hey, you must hate me. I'm sorry. And they're like, Yeah, she was ah, super ah. cool. Okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite holiday food and least favorite? Oh, that's rough, man. I, as you can tell, I like lots of food. I mean, I mean, the, the the turkey you gotta go with. But then again, I'm one of those guys who alternates between a turkey and a ham. Yeah. Uh, N- New Year's is special because you can always get Chinese food. I'm a big fan of the New Year's Chinese food. Nice. I think I gotta go with a ham. Um, my parents will get this like this like really huge holiday ham that has like very thick skin and it's succulent and unbelievable it's really not a ham it's more just like pork i don't know what it is but it's like it, it's sinfully amazing and uh that's some of my favorite holiday food like the main event usually if it's easter and it's lamb it's amazing if it's like the, the pork thing that like we get at christmas it's amazing if it's the deep fried turkey at thanksgiving that's amazing sometimes it's just the stuffing tiffany makes a, a rock and stuffing um oh. stuffing's one of my favorite things ever how, uh, how does she make her stuffing? Is she one of those people who stuffs the turkey like me or does it like oven style? I guess if you're deep frying, you can't stuff it. Yeah, you can't stuff it. But, uh, you know, and by the way, you shouldn't necessarily stuff your turkey beforehand because the uh, the, 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 the turkey's 
not feel fully cooked before you stuff it, and so you could it could leach uh, different mm. kinds of like not goodness into the bread, which will just keep it there forever. So like you could, Oops. You, could you could poison yourself more or less. <laughs> I've been lucky. But you know what you do? You make the stuffing outside the bird, then you stuff the bird when it's finished, and then you get the illusion of making your stuffing. But either way, um, mm. that's just a little tip for you. But uh, yeah, uh, least favorite holiday food? That's a good question. Um, I know there's something because there's some. I mean, like sometimes, like like a pecan pie. Like sometimes there's a dessert where I'm like, why did you bring this? Yeah, um, that's always true. Uh, sometimes there's like a mushroom dish that I've had at my family's holiday stuff where I'm like, this is just like a soup of like oil <laughs> with mushrooms in it. And I'm like, no. Usually if it's just if it's a if it's a side or or a vegetable that is made with no thought or care, mm. and it's just like. And we also have this. I'm like, why? You know, I guess coming, I guess coming from a Scottish family, uh, what is there? They they all love turnip on my mother's side. It's just turnip, turnip all over the place. But you know, like not turnip made with spices or stuff that might make it good. It's let's boil it all day oh. until it's nothing. So what are they from Shelbyville with their turnip tree? <laughs> they so might I'll, as well be. So I'll raise a glass of turnip juice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, boy, so, there's yeah. a doings a transpiring. <laughs> Shake harder, boy. Uh, Cam says, what would be your dream YouTube content creator to have on this show? My pick would be the kind of funnies Greg Miller, due to his own comic show as well. Mm, that's a pretty solid show. Yeah. Who would you like to who, – who's your go, Who's your, your get, your your dream team? Like, not dream team, but like you're, you're like, oh, my God, we got this person. We're done. Huh, that's right. I mean, I know for a while there it would have been fun to get someone from Red Letter Media on here. Yep, absolutely. But then we, yeah, but then we knew that wasn't happening. <laughs> no, they're never coming. But nah, not, for, not because they, like, hate us or anything. They don't know who we are, and they don't do collaborations. They're not YouTubers. Like, they use YouTube because it's a, because it's the, the free method available, but, uh, but they don't, like, they don't do collabs. If they do collabs, it's the people who, like, they know personally or people who they, uh, who reach out to them who are celebrities. Yeah, we're we're not Macaulay Culkin. We are not Macaulay Culkin. We're Although, not even I those think, Canadians that he they, that they have on there. No. Although I think we could get Macaulay Culkin to do this show because Macaulay Culkin loves comic books. This is true. Uh we get Macaulay Culkin. We've I've considered getting uh the Pete's from the Adventures of Pete and Pete to be honest last oh. show. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh it used to be Max Landis, but uh those the, the times they are a changing. <sighs> Yeah, he fell off the face of the earth, didn't he? He did a little bit. Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, it might be weird, but, you know, that, that's always up. It's, well, it used to be a thing. Kevin Smith would be great to have on the show. Yeah, I, I think you'll get Kevin Smith one day. I see that in the in the days of comic pop future, that that's something that'll happen. That'll be something. I don't think so, but I, you know what? Like, I'll, 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 I appreciate that, and that'd be nice. Uh, Tim Mickledays uh, gives us a turkey emoji. Hey. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, great. I didn't even know there was a turkey emoji option. but uh, He found it. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Thank you so much for your help. Um, Artie Pavlov, ditch tur- turkey and... Whoops, sorry. Uh, it rolled down. Ditch turkey and roast a cap-on. Pro tip, just stuff it with herbs, lemon, veggies, salt, pepper, and base. Yum. Bacon hmm. on top uh, to auto-based works, too. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, my parents uh, will 
used to before I took over Thanksgiving used to do the the the, the bacon on the turkey. I uh, oh. I don't like bacon on everything or in everything. I'm <laughs> I'm like the anti hipster when it comes to bacon. Like I remember when people went like, oh, but you know, like even in high school, like people would be like, oh, you know, you know what the greatest thing in the world is though, bacon. And I'm like, really? Mm. Is it like I've never? I'm like, have you had it well enough? enough times for you to say that like it's true i've never had bacon i think i could count on one hand the amount of times i've had excellent bacon this is true like it's good teachers on one hand amount of times i've had good (laughs) bacon on the other but people (laughs) went complete apeshit for bacon for some reason and i remember just being like well i'm not going on that on that bandwagon and then when it got into everything i'm like this is just gross and my parents got went full full crazy with when it came to bacon. And they're like, bacon on the turkey. I'm like, this you've ruined this turkey with all this bacon. What the hell? <laughs> but apparently it's like you can use bacon fat, and that's like used for oh. uh, But like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not all about bacon, man. Um can't You ever had man. bacon aioli? No. No, no, thank you. <laughs> there's a there's a burger place out in Victoria when I visit there, and they instead of putting bacon on their burger they put bacon aioli on their burger, and I think it actually leads to a much better constructed burger because you got that creaminess and the flavor of bacon without it slipping out of the bread, as is Thank always you. the case. That's exactly the thing, man, because bacon on a burger is like the worst thing. Either it's got to be really, really crispy, so it basically crumbles apart and falls apart in your burger, or it's going to be really loose and it's going to be really soft, and so you bite into it, it's going to pull the bacon off, it's going to maybe drag a few other things out of there too. It's a mess. Yep. Bacon is a Bacon is a disaster. Uh, it can always sounds better on a burger than when you actually get it. Exactly, it always sounds like a good idea, but uh, in execution, not great. It's like uh, it's like all kinds of uh, of other. You know, we're, this is a family show. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tevye Smolka, uh, any any opinion on Jonathan Samuel Kent Superboy new look? Because for me personally, I am not happy that they are aging up John from cute kid to teen for no for mm. no uh, for no good reason. Uh, Tevye, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Uh, I know that you have not been a very big fan of Superboy for this uh, past couple of years. Uh, you yourself, I've said <laughs> Never had on, on numerous occasions that Jonathan Kent is overrated and that he was a mistake. Uh, so I, I find it interesting that you should say that now. But uh, you know, for I the sake remember of the show, that. <laughs> for the sake of the show, I will say uh, I, I think it's a terrible idea. Um, but uh, to age him up and make him all edgy. Um, I think his new costume is overdeveloped. I think it's like 90s uh, oh, yeah. tastic uh, type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think Bendis didn't want to write about Superboy. I think no. that I think Bendis wants to do a story in which either uh, Bendis tells a story about raising a teenager, mm-hmm. which he has wanted to do since Ultimate Spider-Man, yep, because uh, he knows how to do that, or he doesn't like John and wants to create a like artificially dramatic sequence. In which Superman has to sacrifice his only begotten son. Just no. Either way, I ain't interested. Um, aren't, aren't I so clever? Maybe right. I'll have to blast him away in a rocket somewhere. Right, or shoot him into the Phantom Zone, where he'll be raised by Rogelzar, and then no, yeah. derp, and it'll be a nightmare. Either Everyone's way, favorite new character, Rogelzar. My favorite character. Best character, 2018. Um, we uh we, we got to do that. We got to have the Elsie Awards where we give like tongue in cheek awards for shit that happened throughout the year. Right. We have uh we actually internally were talking about maybe actually creating a comic pop awards 
type thing. Uh, oh, you got you got to let me be a guest presenter oh, on absolutely. that. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 we've we've talked about it internally. We've made it. To, I think we've got eight categories. Maybe we're going to shrink it down even more. But actually, makes like trophies and stuff. I don't nice. know if it's going to happen, but it's just an idea. Uh, I'm tossing it out there because it's a Q and A show. If you like that idea, let us know. If you don't, just don't say anything. <laughs> Hell, when uh, when Tiff and I were doing a comic show, not unlike the comic show you two do together now, yeah. we batted around the idea one year of doing some fake bullshit award show. So I like that's actually going somewhere. Yeah, exactly. The LCs, that's funny. Uh, King's Portkull, uh, been watch, been rewatching all the MCU films. What's your favorite? Oh, that's tough. Yeah, um, I can't probably re- a toss up. Oh yeah, what is it? It's a toss up between what? I'd say probably a toss-up between, like, uh, Winter Soldier and maybe uh, Guardians 1 or 2. Mm. Yeah. Those Guardians movies are good, man. How are they? I don't know. I Like, I can watch Iron Man 1 anytime, any day, multiple times a day. I can watch Iron Man 2 anytime, any day. I love Iron Man 2, I'm, like, unironically. Um... I ironically love three, and we're getting to Christmas time. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't like Iron Man three, but I appreciate why people like it. I think that might be Ethan's favorite Iron Man movie, uh, but uh, no, not for me. Um, the Avengers is pretty amazing. Yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, but like Iron Man, Avengers, Homecoming is pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it is. It's just fun to see Spider Man in action in a way that I've always wanted to and have. As of that, until then, never seen. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I like the first Thor a lot too. I think that one's underrated. I think you're right. I think it is. Uh, it's pretty solid. It's it's as cl- close to a true He-Man movie as you'll ever get. Seriously, you're never gonna get a good He-Man movie. You will get a He-Man movie one day. Another one. Uh, it's R- real good soundtrack in that one. That one had Foo Fighters on the soundtrack. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, Jack Ingram, Batman, and Nightwing are my favorite characters, and it frustrates me that I can't read and enjoy their ongoings due to creative teams and storylines. Has there ever been a character you wanted to read but couldn't yeah. read yourself to? Oh, I mean, just to bring it back to that Nightwing thing, but man, it really does feel like old Dan DiDio put out a literal hit on Nightwing, didn't he? Big time. Uh, very artificial, very, like, unasked for. Uh, it's weird, it's uncomfortable, it sucks, uh... Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny for me, uh, the character that is some characters that I wanted to read, but couldn't bring myself to Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I, I had a big skip for a long time uh, for for that character. And that happens periodically uh, from the Clone Saga. Then I got back with Dimitri or uh, with, uh, with 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 uh, Straczynski. Then I jumped off for big t- for uh, for um, brand new day. Mm. Uh, got back in for big time, then had to drop off again when things got really hairy. Uh, Superior Spider-Man loved it, then afterwards mm-hmm. dropped it. Uh, <laughs> so I have a big love-hate relationship with him. Superman right now is for me, where I'm like, yeah. I can't bring myself to read it, I'm sorry. People are like, oh, but this one issue out of ten was great! And I'm like, ooh. So, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, what was it? Four times ten? That's fifty dollars, basically. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of feel the same way about Venom because, you know, I'm a child of the 90s and I thought Venom was super cool. Totally. And then I, then I went back and I'm like, these stories are not very good. And now that I'm older, thankfully, Donny Cates feels much the same way because, like, okay, what if we had a Venom story and he was super cool, but you could be an adult and actually read it and not feel like your brain is rotting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
And also, Eddie Brock will be in it, but I'll also use it as a backdoor to talk about new continuity and cosmic stuff I'm doing in other books and also tie in a bunch of continuity and answer a bunch of questions people have been asking. And I'll also say that Flash, the Venom you all liked, was the better Venom. Yeah, that's nice. Mr. Roboto wants to know what your Canadian Thanksgiving traditions are. Basically all the same as American. I, I wish I could tell you there was something amazing we Canadians did different where it's like, oh, we we go up to the wood shack by Moosonee and we sing Thanksgiving songs. <laughs> what's the uh, what's 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 a specifically Joel Thanksgiving tradition you have something that you do besides the turnips? Oh, yeah, besides the turnips that I hate so much. Eh, usually fighting with my dad over the TV because he'll want to watch football or something. I'll be like, no, man, let's watch something else. We, we don't really have, like, the Macy's Day Parade or anything oh. either. That's another American thing. Yep. I think that they'll try and do, like, a Canadian Santa Claus parade where I'm like, eh, but you're early, though. Yeah. It's funny. We um, the, the Macy's Day Parade used to be a thing for me that I always skipped where I was like, Really? We're going to keep doing this? Uh, then I met Tiffany, and she was like, this is a tradition of mine. That's her tradition. Mm -hmm. where She's like, every Thanksgiving, we put it on, we watch all of it, not like glued to the seats, but like, mm. you know, it's on. And when Santa came down, because the whole thing is like, here's monuments to consumerism, buy our crap. Uh, yeah. With a bunch of vapid morons being like, well, the balloon in the shape of the thing I like to buy certainly was big. You know, but... Uh, then at the end, Santa Claus shows up. He, he he brings up the rear for the parade. Yep. Santa shows up. He parks in front of Macy's, and that's like the signal to the Christmas season. So like, get you don't by listen it. To Christmas music before this. You don't uh, put up any Christmas trees. You don't put up any Christmas stuff. You don't go Christmas shopping. It's Thanksgiving Day. The parade has happened. Santa rolls into the into the into the Macy's parking lot or whatever, and that's the signal that says like Santa's here. He's like, okay, now begin the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. so like it is okay to put up the tree like it's that kind of thing Did, i'm so glad the chat brought this up did you know that this year in the macy's day parade super saiyan god super saiyan goku is gonna be a balloon i did not know that uh but yes, i'm he really is. looking forward to hearing what these oh. like al roker and some yes have to oh, well. like here comes goku uh <laughs> super saiyan they oh. have to read the copy which is so uh, like stilted and terrible oh yeah i i hope it's a great copy it's uh a uh, son goku yes he uh, he achieved super saiyan god super saiyan to defeat beerus and save the earth yep that's uh that's what happened right well kamehameha here comes super saiyan goku to collect all the dragon balls and save the day M moving on it's snoopy <laughs> yeah really something i know yeah for me the thing that all the, the thing that I loved about the Macy's Day Parade that my parents were like it's funny how, how how when I get older the more I find out like oh, my parents didn't give a shit about a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things was the Macy's Day Parade, uh, and when when I was a kid, finding out there's a Spider-Man float in the Macy's Day Parade was I'm like are you kidding me? For a minute, everyone has to look at Spider-Man and think about Spider-Man for a second, and. I remember being like, let's put on the parade. I want to see if it, the, the, and just sitting there and like not realizing if I missed it or not. Cause like, you know, it's, it starts at like eight or whatever. And I'm a kid. So I'm like, not going to wake up after nine. Um, but like, yeah, it, it, knowing that there was a Spider-Man float and then seeing it and having them like update it and stuff like that was like, for me, a really cool way to, to legitimize the thing that I, that, that was very niche for me. Totally. Uh, 
Infinite's Cavalier, uh, although they aren't around now, when when the Milestone universe was a thing, were either of you fans of its comics or characters? Joel? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was like Milestone. Yeah, I thought Milestone was cool. I liked what they were doing. I liked that it was so creator-driven. In fact, I saw a lot of when Valiant was run by our friends, who we knew was a lot of like what Milestone was doing back in the day. And the other thing that really sold Milestone, it was cool to be a part of Milestone. You know, they rolled into cons wearing jackets with their logos and everything on. There was a real sense of family and community and stuff you couldn't get anywhere else. And it imploded and DC refuses to do anything with it now. I remember Milestone when it started, and I remember seeing ads for it, I remember seeing articles about it, I remember seeing the books on the shelves, I remember when it, like, when they started the World's Collide event, uh, like, before, like, after Milestone went from being, like, an imprint to being, like, part of the universe, I didn't really respond to it, but it was mostly because, like, at that point I was kind of losing it when it came to comics, because around the same time Superman died, and I'm like, oh, like, I just had to get away from it. But, uh, I feel you. But in retrospect, Milestone was an amazing like idea. Uh, it, I have a lot of respect for the imprint and for the effort that went behind it. I think that it's never achieved the status that it ever had. No. And I don't know if it ever will. Not if they can't get their shit together. And in fact, I, I do my own little investigative reporting every time we go to a convention. I try and ask people who I knew were involved in that new thing, uh, the, the big relaunch they were going to do yeah. with uh, with what's his face. And yeah, every, every answer I get makes me lose a little bit more hope. Or they're like, eh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't get excited about it. No, not not only just the new imprint that they promised, where it's like, well, will we ever see any Milestone characters in any comic? It's like, well, you know, I, I had an idea for one, or I had a pitch for a guest star, and they said no. Right. Uh, yeah. I think you're, you have more likelihood of seeing the DC's New Age of Heroes characters showing up. Oh, boy. Than, uh, than the Milestone characters. Oh, boy, them New Age of Heroes. They're all getting canceled. I uh, I did a video when that all started where it's like, hey, here's the four, first four comics that came out, and I talked about them, and I talked about how derivative they are, and how they're like lame facsimiles of Marvel characters, and how that made more sense when Marvel wasn't doing so good. I still get like maybe one comment a month of someone yelling at me on that video being like, stop saying they're ripoffs or they'll never have a chance. I'm like, guy, they're already getting canceled. Yeah. I was right. Book's <laughs> over. <laughs> like, the series I, are I, over. I, I'm sorry you got invested. Yeah. <laughs> That's I couldn't bother. I was like, nope. I know it's not gonna work. Um, Preston Bryan, I'm thankful for you guys, Sal. Uh, when you say wolf, it always makes me chuckle. Thank you. Uh, Joel, are you up for a mini series exploring the Spider Punk universe? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would totally want that. Get get the dude who wrote the one one shot I read from Spider Geddon to write it because he clearly knows his punk music and his punk references. <laughs> James Robbins, thank you guys for the dope content as always. Sal, what do you think is up with the all edge, with all the edge at DC? Also, Joel, what would mm. be your pitch for a Secret Six rebirth? Oh. Ooh, great questions. Joel, do the Secret Six rebirth first. I mean, it, it has to be Gail Simone. That book is Gail Simone. It's her sense of humor, it's her quirks. If it's not her, then there's no point in doing it. I would not want to read a Secret Six book that wasn't Gail Simone. And in fact, if they are moving ahead with that pilot like they are, I fear that's what we're going to be looking at. Yep. Because I don't think they'll be able to reach terms with her. No. I'm sure you're right about that. Which is a real shame. And again, 
can't have Bane on it now because Bane's apparently a big super evil puppet master and not a lovable lunkhead Rocky type like he was in Secret Six. Yeah. And he can't have a bunch of these other characters. No, it's true. You know where you could get it? You could get it on TV, though, because in the CW Flash Arrowverse, they've basically unveiled most of the characters you would need to build a Secret Six team. That's true. I remember you speculating on them doing that. You were like, I hope they bring back, bring in Secret Six. It's not the it's, Suicide Squad. You could do it. You could do it. Ragdoll was on an episode just last week, and Ragdoll looks 100% how Ragdoll is supposed to look. <laughs> um, as for why there's so much edge at DC, particularly in comparison, certainly, like Marvel has the edge, but uh, but DC really is the, the ones who, like, own it. I think that comes from, like, this weird sentiment of we've got to ta be taken seriously. Yep. And I think it's been going on for, like, 25 to 30 years. Oh, yeah, in, in and peaks I, and valleys. That, and I think that, like, the most, some of the most successful, mainstream successful DC properties were, in essence, edgy. Yeah. And dark. Um, because they were critiques of the thing that was the norm and because they were like the re it's just like the reason why the Nolan Batman movies were so successful is because Nolan had an idea, Nolan's a good filmmaker, Nolan didn't have a preconceived Hollywood concept of Batman. So yep. like he didn't bring the baggage, he didn't fuck it up. Th that doesn't mean it needs to be real. We have to explain how Superman's powers work and everything needs to be like oh, it was like real bullshit. It doesn't mean Nolan's uh, like idea on superheroes is the way to work. It's just that worked that one time. DC also and fear. many people who in the who are in the entertainment industry, even YouTubers, are like, did that work? Let's just keep doing that because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there's no sure way to achieve the whole thing. Is, uh, uh, entertainment is about getting asses in seats and eyes on the screen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there is no f magic formula for getting eyes on your screens and to win the popularity of the audience. Y the only way to do it is to be original and to have a little bit of luck and come out at a time when the audience is receptive to it. And maybe they'll never be receptive to it. Maybe you're just not mm -hmm. good. Or maybe you're just not, maybe you're ahead, maybe you're behind the times or ahead of your time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but originality and putting yourself out there is the only way to really find out whether or not like they're going to want your shit and barring that the only way to succeed is to create the illusion of success by saying well I don't have any real idea how to measure it or quantify it so I guess I'll just manufacture it and so mm -hmm. what they do is they just copy what happened and and then hope that that works because it it's all roulette so oh yeah. DC goes, "Okay, well that worked. Do it again." Why do you think I, why do you think so many DC characters lose their arms? Yeah. Happens a lot. I think too DC and Warner Brothers are having a hard time too playing the multimedia game right now cuz they have so many different things running in so many different continuities with so many different tones where it's like, "Hey, we just brought Teen Titans back to the happy go lucky teen adventures that people liked and remembered. What are we going to do now? Ooh, ooh, we got this new Teen Titan show that's dark and violent and full of swears. Well, I guess we got to make the comic like this too and ruin all the good work Ben Percy did and make it well so we'll have to reboot and save it again." after just saving it from dark, gritty bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's a collection of ideas or if it's one 
just toxic head? I can't say because I don't know. I don't work there. It's true. Uh, Preston Bryant, who in the hell is this new Superman villain who I can't spell, and why do you highly dislike this character? Rogel's yeah, Rogel's are. He's a tryhard. And because there's nothing there. There's no character there. He's a tryhard. Uh, he was hyped up to no, to like to every degree for no good reason, and it came on the heels of the hype of getting of stunt hiring. Like we stunt hired Bendis, and then Bendis mm. shows up and stunt created a supervillain. Like it wasn't that Bendis is like, okay, so I love and get Superman. I have a brilliant Brainiac idea, or I have a really solid Metallo concept, or I have a great way to bring back Doomsday. It's just okay. I'm here. You're paying me a, a, an embarrassing amount of money to be here just for my name recognition. I'm creating mm-hmm. a new character. And by the way, the reason he's doing that is because he gets a percentage of the use of that character. If they make a Rogelzar movie, cartoon, anything, Rogelzar earns Bendis extra money than if he did have a really, really tight Metallo story. And Absolutely. so, like, Rogelzar represents greed and avarice and lack of originality. He also looks crappy and he's overdeveloped. Oh. Yeah, he is. He looks like a like a shitty like second pass at Doomsday, and his name is dumb. And also, too, apparently, if you do want to learn anything about him, because Bendis is trolling the audience with never actually revealing anything about him, you got to read the Supergirl book. And I refuse to read another book, even if it's a better book by all account, to understand the motivation of the villain in the main book. Exactly. Also, you manufactured depth to the character and his connection to the main character by having him get rid of something that no one was doing anything with, but instead of being like, oh, like, oh, no one's doing anything with this character, I guess I'll murder them. Oh, no one's doing anything with Kandor, I guess I'll destroy it. Like, yeah. it's it's easier to break everything than it is to build things. I get that. Sure is. But, like, holy shit, did you see the shade that Fabian Ezeza throw threw on, on Facebook today? No, I didn't actually. I don't follow him. What did he say? Okay, there was a cover for the upcoming Winter Soldier book where Winter Soldier looks like a total badass with his long hair and he's driving a motorcycle across the country. Mm-hmm. Written by Kyle Higgins. Yes, and Nisieza goes, so if you were just going to turn the Winter Soldier into Nomad, <laughs> was it worth bringing Bucky back? If, like, after 10 years, you have no ideas for him, so you're just making him into Nomad. (laughs) Well, he was the Watcher on the Wall for a bit. Remember that short-lived concept? I remember them trying it and going, like, I don't want to read that. Yeah, Cosmic Winter Soldier. But that's, that's a betrayal of a lack of originality, too. That's, like, I don't know. Just, like, everyone's like, oh, I love Jason Todd. Why? Because he shoots people with guns. Cool. That's why you like the Punisher. Uh, he looks cool, I guess. Like, was it worth it? Um, For some people, yes, very much worth yeah. it. Mr. Roboto, idea, back issues Christmas, yes, no, maybe. I don't know what that means, but I'll interpret it by saying, do I have any ideas for a back issues Christmas? And the answer is yes, there will be a Christmas-themed back issues. Uh, no, it will not. Well, we'll see. It's not, <laughs> it's not a special. Uh, it'll be like a Christmas episode. Like, hey, welcome. Uh, like, the set will be dressed, but it won't be like a big thing. It'll be a big uh, book. Nice. Sam Anderson, of- uh, retcons you're thankful for? Good question. Mmm. Oh, that feels like that could be a whole show in and of itself. Yeah. The we best retcons. We did a whole retcons. show called Best Retcons. Uh, 
did we? I thought we did worst retcons, or did we do best, then do worst? I don't remember. Well, I'll have to look that up. Uh, In 151 episodes, it's hard yeah. to keep track sometimes. I'm thankful for a bunch of retcons. It really depends. I, I like... I. In terms of, uh, you know, Spider-Man, I like that they retconned the whole, like, Mary Jane doesn't get or like Peter Parker thing out. Uh, I like that they retconned that Carly Cooper was, like, a half-goblin girl. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, like, retcons that just, they're just, they're just writers being like, no. Oh, retconning that Peter Parker was like, I stole a doctorate degree, and that's not okay. Mm, yeah. Well, the guy in my body stole it. I was just fine with it. <laughs> that's stealing. <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great theft of doctorates. Yeah. Kane's World. After the first issue of Uncanny X-Men, I wish Marvel had let Tom Taylor stay on as the main writer. Boy, howdy, do I do as well. Uh, I. Th- what's funny is for me, I don't know about you, Joel, let me know. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number one for me was like, okay, this is everything I remember about X-Men. I didn't read X-Men when I was a kid because it was so impenetrable and boring. It's it's very familiar when I summed it up in my video review and I just read issue two before we started. It's all super familiar. It's, hey, were you a Fairweather X-Men fan? Have you not read forever? Were you sitting on the fence until we got the rights back to make movies about them? Well, guess what? Pick up like you never stopped and here's all the stuff you remember. Yeah. I do love Extermination and I like the, the, the Wolverine Same. stuff, but like Uncanny was just like, I don't know. Well, I don't. I, where is Kitty Pride? I couldn't care less. What's up with Jamie Madrox? Again, I don't give a fuck. Uh, who? Why is Why is Apocalypse on a cross that looks like it's from uh, Mutant Massacre? I could. I don't care. I'm. Uh, I'm happy. My uh, guy, I like a lot. There, Matthew Rosenberg is getting more work. He's going to become the regular writer after this weekly series is done. I'm oh, sorry. I said, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, he's going to be writing this book. Uh, once once they're done the weekly 10-parter, he's going to take over it regularly, yes. and maybe the book will change again. Yes. Uh, so what is Hickman writing exactly, everybody who said that Hickman was taking over X-Men? That's still not to say they won't invent a whole new X-Men book for him to write. Yeah, he could take over Astonishing or something. I Which don't think uh, it's Rosenberg happen. is writing now. That's right. I don't think it's going to happen. And I like Astonishing a lot. To me, that's like the secret six of X-Men because it's funny and it's a bunch of loser characters who know they're losers and are trying to, uh, what is it, overcome it. Yeah, make good. Uh, Will I am Golden. Happy Thanksgiving from New York City. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Thank you very much. Hey. Empty Kaiser Soze. Next Rockstar game should be Punisher. Do you agree? That'd be fun. It would be fun, but uh, Rockstar loves criminals too much. That's true. Can't shoot all the criminals. Who are their protagonists going to be? Right. <laughs> how, how far are you guys along in Red Dead Redemption? I've almost beaten it. I'm at the epilogue, but I'm taking time to finish all the side content. Uh, we just stole a um, we stole a, a coach. We're gonna rob the train with Marsden. Oh, that's a good one. You got you got to get the oils. Yes. Uh, he's, got, he's got a whole fire plot. Exactly. We just got visited by the Pinkertons. I just learned how to t- how to how to fish. Finally. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man. It's it's addictive because you get challenges for that later on, and you can unlock new belts and new uh, bandoliers if you catch three bluegills. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's I, man the, the deepness of that game. I like watching Tiffany more, play it more than I like playing it. I I hate it. Like I've been. <laughs> I love the idea. I loved Red Dead 1. I played the hell out of it. Every time I try to play it, I fuck up and kill something or die, and I'm like, nothing about this is fun. 
it's just it's just stressful and annoying. But watching other people play it, I'm loving it. Um, I I think credit has to be given to Rockstar, and obviously they're not hurting for credit. People pour it on them all the time. I think between Red Dead Redemption Two and the two Grand Theft Auto story games, they maybe have written the only good prequels. Right. Yeah, it's pretty good. Because they know to make it uh, about a character who you've never seen before, but who is related enough to the plot of the other stuff. So there's still drama. They could still live. They could still die in love. You don't know what's going to happen. And also make it more about the evolution of the world that you are living in than it is about anything that's going on with the characters. I think that's how a good prequel should be done. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we, uh, Tiffany actually did stream a little bit of, Re- of Red Dead 2 uh, today, uh, so hopefully you ca- caught it. I think there you could watch the rebroadcast of it over on the Purple Channel, so check it out. Nice. But we'll have to form up a posse or a gang or whatever it is when online happens. Yeah, if that ever uh, happens. It will. It'll just take them some time like it did for GTA Online, and I'm sure it'll be buggy as hell when they open it up. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt at all. <laughs> That's fine. The, the, they'll give you a bunch of free in-game currency when it goes wrong. Here's my question. Obviously, they shelled out a bunch for the shark cards in GTA Online. Do you think it's going to be like Civil War bonds or bars of gold you need to buy with real money to have money in the game? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be definitely something like that. I mean, like, why not, right? Mm. And what are our DLCs going to be? I'm sure there's going to be a Mexico DLC. I'm sure they're going to let you make your own moonshine and open up your own ranch. So you and your friends can do ranch and moonshine related chores. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. Um, and no, we haven't played Turf Wars yet. I, I got to download it. It was Tiffany's birthday on the day it came out, so I was like, I was not even close. I wasn't anywhere near the PS4. I haven't played either of the Spider-Man DLCs. I might play them all when they're all finished. I'm thinking I might try and get more serious about streaming, and that should be my first thing. It's a great idea. And Eric Meyer saying, have you mentioned the upcoming Arkham Knight intro? Excited to see another non-comics character added to the canon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to add the Arkham Knight to the to the canon. I don't care about that. I hated that game. Uh, I'm kind of interested because maybe they'll make who he is under the mask not stupid. Right. I, I bet it's Dick Grayson. Oh. I don't want that. Because he can't be Nightwing. There's already a new Nightwing. I'm sorry. Rick Grayson. Oh, that's such a Didio idea, too. But what if he was evil, though? Yeah, what, what if we if shot him like, in the head? What, what if he was just Jason Todd again? Herp. <laughs> and what if I kill Wally? Yeah. How about that? What if yeah. I kill him off panel? And I also killed Simon Baz, too, also off panel. Did he really? Yeah, apparently there's a dead Green Lantern in Sanctuary, and they don't say who it is, but the fact that Baz hasn't showed up anywhere else, and the fact that apparently Bendis is going to have a new kid Green Lantern in his Young uh, young Justice book, I'm like, oh, they killed Baz, didn't they? Oh my god, I mean, look, uh, I'm not a big fan of superfluous characters. I've been on record no, saying I, that. I, don't I like, know you're not. I don't like redundancies, I don't like too many spider characters, I don't like too many friggin' bat guys, but like... Give them a send-off in some way. Don't kill Poison Ivy off-screen. Don't kill that Simon Baz without telling anybody. Also, as my buddy Matt brought up, where it's like, okay, so Simon Baz was there when they killed everyone in Sanctuary, uh, assumedly. Uh, or, or whatever Green Lantern was apparently killed there in Sanctuary. 
aren't there rings basically like cops body cameras shouldn't the ring be able to tell them who killed everybody sure i mean like absolutely they should but nobody pays attention to that like did, uh, not if I, not if it's done via a uh you know editorially mandated agenda nothing i can do about that <laughs> Uh, they're saying Baz was in the background of Drowned Earth and in Odyssey. I'm like, yeah, but we don't know when, uh, what is it, Heroes in Crisis actually takes place. No, and yeah, but don't it worry, gets, I guarantee it won't make any freaking sense. No, no, we're already there. So, Did, did, did you like that Spider-Man from last week was basically a better Heroes in Crisis and a better Sanctuary right? than the actual Sanctuary? Weird, I mean... And by the way, apparently the, uh, the Justice League is going to fight vampires just like the Avengers are. Jason, Scott, do we need to see your DMs? What are you boys up to? Stop looking at each other's papers. I I get it. It's funny, but like also it's weird. And like if I'm, I'm not reading all this to be the same shit. (laughs) They're pranking us, dude. Aaron and Snyder are having a big old belly laugh every month. They absolutely are. They absolutely are. Um, somebody asked me, by the way, regarding uh, our streaming, why we don't just use YouTube streaming. Um, YouTube streaming is tough because, for one thing, the audience here is here for this kind of content. You guys not, aren't necessarily here to watch people play video games. In fact, we did a highlights video that we uploaded from Tiffany's first ever episode streaming Arkham City uh, a couple weeks ago. And you can find it on the uploads. Just go to the main channel, go to uploads, and just cycle through. Uh, but... It didn't perform very well. No. So, like, y'all are here to watch us talk about comics, to have us have in-depth discussions or make fun of older books, and <laughs> that's the that's what we're our bread and butter is for. If we were to make video gaming streaming, I'm worried we'd alienate the audience. As it stands, you guys aren't really here for that. So... Uh- I have the same fear. Establish ourselves over there too. Also, it's a good idea to diversify. If everything falls apart, it'd be nice to have a nest egg. If this channel, this YouTube channel, were to close down because YouTube was like, we don't, you know, Google Buzz, fuck you, it's over. Um, you you'll, you'll be if you like this and you want to get this every week, you're gonna want to go over there and watch it. <laughs> It's true. It's very true. And, we'll, and we can easily be like, okay, Backishes is here. It's live now. Like, okay, Good yeah. and Ugly is here now. Or like, Elseworlds Exchange is over here now. Like, it'll just, it's a good idea to diversify. So that's why we do it. Um, Which is also why I want to get into streaming. Christmas is coming. I need to buy some stuff to upgrade my tech. <laughs> yeah, I need to upgrade my tech too. I thought our, I thought my graphics card went the other day, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't have access to all my shit. I need to be able to, like, at least look at, like, View view my computer on a monitor and I can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, gotta gotta make the gotta make the money to, to right. at least keep this thing going. So, are are you in the position where I am? Whenever you buy a new piece of technology and it's always like, oh, and be sure to fill out the warranty and everything. And I'm like, well, if it breaks down, I'm still going to have to run back and buy a new one because if I can't upload or can't be online, my internet business is fucked anyway. So, right. yes, but I always, but nowadays, as opposed to like when I was a kid, like I certainly go warranty. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but because, but apropos that. I think that's a great way for us to wrap up and just say we are so thankful for this job that we have, mm. that we do every week, uh, that we do every day, actually. Oh, 
really quick. Heartless Fang found a random episode of you guys playing D&D with the Happy Harbor team as a backdrop this morning. Loved it. Hope to see another thing like that again. Thank you very much. If you're not familiar, check it out. It's our zero, zero issue of an RPG style show that we launched a couple years ago called The Harbor Patrol back when Happy Harbor, Rhode Island was a joke slash mm. like deep cut as opposed to like the base for the Just League of America for DC Rebirth, which I guess is over now, so I guess we it's, can go back. It's back to being a joke and a deep cut until Young Justice comes back, assumingly if they're still based out of Mount Justice which in I Happy like Harbor. They um, yeah, but they might not be though, because they're all older and it looks like they've broken up and moved on. Yeah, so we, uh, but yeah, we um, we did a an RPG set in the DC universe using uh, a DC Adventures RPG program um, where we were like a few of us, Ben, Tiffany, Danielle, and I played characters and and uh, and, and formed a little super team. Uh, we're going to be doing more of that show in the future. Uh, we're just going to work on getting a DM and making it work out. But that's the show, and it's going to be a, a a real show. Um, so keep an eye out for that, but watch, uh, watch our tease for that on, uh, on, on that, uh, on that episode. It's only audio. We were just doing a test run to see if we could understand how the RPG worked. The, the DM thing, you're so right, is the hardest part to get someone to run it because it's hard to think of a full game for players every week or every month and then have to do your other stuff. Yeah, we uh, my channel manager tried to hook us up with a DM and he was such a piece of shit. I was like, mm -hmm. just, this just this other YouTuber who like couldn't be fucked to talk to me like a regular person. And he was like, yeah, so, yeah, were you ready to do this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like, just... Wow, what a what a mistake! So it's I've been really trying to stuff. I've been trying to write a campaign since forever, and I'll get a good roll on, and then I'll just be like, ah, God, comic work getting up again. You know what's a really nice uh, little accessory and something that I might actually consider doing? Those rolled and told books from Lions Forge, part of their new like uh, tabletop gaming line. It's yes. twenty two pages, and there's a campaign. There's an adventure in twenty two pages. You can run your players through. That's nice. That's it good, is. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good system. It's got good artwork. But uh, yeah, but um, yeah. So, by the way, if you want to see Joel be the DC fans' face of Lions Forge, tweet at Lions Forge <laughs> and say, "Yo, yeah. I want at Cape Joel to be the guy, to be your point man. Send him free books. Let him do the thing." Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Yeah. Also, I want to write a dinosaurs backup. Let Lion Forge know I want to do a dinosaurs backup, and you guys want to read me write a thing about dinosaurs. He does. Because because uh, I've requested it a number of times. I talked to their editors, and it's been a no go. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because literally rolled and told they need so much content for that they put out a thing online like, hey, are you a DM? Are you an adventure module writer? Hey, send us a little sample. Well, that sucks because <laughs> we've reached out to them a number of times for a couple of projects. Zero feedback. I think they're just kind of like getting their feeding uh, footing. I think they're just kind That's of like, true. I don't know what to do. I think a lot of jobs have changed, too. I think some of the people we talk to don't even work there anymore. I think you're right about that. Is the thing that, hey, you know what you do? You turn your dinosaurs pitch into a D&D &D adventure, and then you send it to them. There we go. You hear me, Mike Closeland? Come on, get me in there. That's how you get on in there. Because Ethan is the biggest dinosaurs fan, and we would, we would, is put, he? We would put together a hell of a dinosaurs pitch. Wicked. I, I didn't even know. I, I barely remember dinosaurs. And Ethan's like, dinosaurs. It's the greatest thing ever. And then I'm like, you know, Michael Uslan created that. You know, Michael Uslan is a genius. Uh, look up his story. You'll see his name on every Batman 
cartoon, movie, show, anything. Why? Google them and find out. It's an amazing story. Um, anyway, that's it. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. We are so thankful for you, all of mm-hmm. you, for watching the show, keeping us employed, keeping us alive. We're so lucky mm-hmm. to have you. We truly, truly appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Yeah, let's let's write him back. Joshua Wright. Uh, speaking of, I have a superhero real play podcast called Heroes of Cipher. I think you guys would enjoy it. We make comic books for your ears. All right, I'll check it out. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, right. sounds good. Cool Later. promise. <laughs>